All right, welcome back here. Matthews Arena in Boston on the campus of Northeastern University where our score at the end of one is Merrimack nothing and Northeastern nothing. Shots on goal in the first, 17-10 uh, in favor of the Huskies. The Huskies had the only power play in that first period and they are now 0-1 with the man advantage. Tonight's first intermission is brought to you by Fuddruckers, an official partner of Merrimack Athletics. Make sure you stop in at Fuddruckers for a burger or a delicious salad before or after the next Warrior game. Located just down the street from Merrimack at 550 Turnpike Street. Fuddruckers also has locations in Reading and in Salem, New Hampshire. I'm Mike Macknick with John Lee. Thank you for joining us here on this Saturday evening, Hockey East action. And joining us here in the first intermission is Jocker Brown, Boston Herald, the first of all Jocko, that first period there. A lot of action, a lot of good Action for a lot of action, a lot of action for the Huskies, a lot of chances for Northeastern. Uh, Craig Pantano, strong in net for Merrimack, keeps it a scoreless game. Yeah, to be honest with you, I thought uh, the first period lacked any real sense of pace. I thought both teams appeared a little sluggish. I don't know why. Uh, uh, you know, you like to owe it to the holidays, but of course they've all played since uh, the you know the Christmas and New Year's break too. So that's no excuse. Um, I thought both teams had maybe one quality chance. I know for Merrimack, uh, Cook, the defenseman, tried on a wraparound that uh, almost connected. Uh, and at the other end, uh, of course, uh, uh, Patana made a nice save off Andrews' uh, uh, UMass transfer, Plevy. Uh, the puck came off the paddle. Uh, so, uh, you know, it may be just a case of both teams feeling each other out. It could be both teams, you know, feeling a little wear and tear from playing back-to-back and all that kind of stuff. So, I don't know. We'll have to see if the pace picks up in the second, but uh, I expect both coaches will kind of put a burr under the saddle of both teams. We want to ask you about both those coaches. First, we'll talk about Scott Moore taking over from Merrimack here. Of course, you know, as you know, a long time at UNH as an associate to uh, to Dickie Milley and then same, doing the same uh, at Providence College under Nate Lehman. Also, he's been, uh, uh, you know, head coach in places like Colby College, Lee Superior State. You know, your thoughts on Scott Moore coming to the Merrimack? Well, again, I, I think, you know, when you're playing six freshmen in the lineup uh, tonight and you got a new coach and you know the, the young players are probably worrying about where, where am I supposed to go where am I supposed to be uh, you know uh, Scott's trying to install uh, the culture and, and uh, the schemes and everything and I maybe the team's still looking for their identity a little bit they, they're not playing with that little joie uh, affair or whatever they call it in France you know where you play with a little more freedom a little more you know enthusiasm and, and maybe that'll pick up the second half um, uh, as far as the other side of the, the ice, of course, you got a veteran team. You know, they won the uh, Hockey East playoff title two years ago. They won the Bean Pot last year. They've been to a couple of NCAA champion, uh, tournament appearances the last couple of years. So uh, they're a little more familiar. I think their defense is a, a little more relaxed and know when, when to jump into the play and so forth and so on. So it may be just a little bit, bit of a battle tonight of experience versus newness. You know, Jim Madigan's got the best coaching record of everybody now in Northeast. I don't know if anybody necessarily thought that would be the case when he did take over. No, a lot of questions at that time. He's put all those questions to rest, no question about it. But, uh, you know, you look at the teams he's been able to assemble. I think that this may be one of his strongest teams ever, at least from top to bottom. Doesn't have, you know, a gutted or secure, for example, or, or Stevens, but he's got three or four, even four lines in some cases that he can roll out there and that can, that can score goals. This is really, I think, the, the culmination of, of what he's been trying to build here, paying off. And I, I think, I think it's certainly a team that's flying under the radar, not only in Hockey East, but nationally. That's right. I think depth is really the strength of this team, where last year they kind of rode the top line with uh, Gadette, Stevens, and Sakura. But, uh, I mean, if you look at the depth, 
uh, you know, Caden Primo, you know, the all hockey used goalie, goes to the U.S. Junior team, and and they go up to the Catamount Cup, and they get a couple of wins from a guy named Ryan Ruck that everybody forgot about. And everybody forgets that two years ago he played like 37 games, and, and they won the hockey. East. Oh, yeah. So uh, I, you know, it takes a while. It took Jimmy a few years to get you know establish that again the culture, to get the kind of players you want. I think it helped in Jimmy's case that uh, even though he was away from the college game for a number of years. He was still around the college game because he was scouting, uh, even though he had a day job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he, he was raising the money for these scoreboards that they're just putting up, so that that helps too. You know? uh, is, it's, it's kind of, I mean, is, is it a changing of the guard in Hockey East? I mean, you've got uh, you know BC and BU, although BC certainly has come on in league play. I don't know why you can't win a game outside of the league, but you know BU with now Albie O'Connell taking over. But you've had Providence and Lowell for a number of years, Northeastern right there. Now UMass under a big break. It's become, I think, a very interesting league to follow because there's so many things that are different about what the way, you know, what it is now from say five or ten years ago. Well, I think that I think just the nature of the sport. I, I think the whole dynamic is changing. I mean, you look. The, I think there's 21 coaches across the landscape of college hockey, uh, where the uh, head coach is coaching at his alma mater. Uh, it's really becoming a, a young man's game with all the video and the streaming and the, you know the, the scouting has changed a lot a lot different from the old days when you had I can remember Lenny Siglaski when he told me when he was up at at, uh, Clarkson and uh, not only would he run practice but then he'd collect all the jerseys going to have to do the uh, equipment have to wash the uniforms for the next day so I mean things have changed uh, like night and day and and, uh, you know so you know it's like I say young man's game it's changing it's uh, probably the new guard coming in and uh, we'll have to see Uh, I don't know how how long an old war horse like Trevor York going to hang around, but uh, Jerry loves the game, and uh, you know, it's. Uh, I think he'd like to have a few more goals this year, but uh, uh, you know, we'll see. You know, the U.S. World Junior Team is about to get underway against Finland. They've got a couple of players from Northeast, and it was always the realm of you know, Michigan, Minnesota, BC, BU, those schools that would send players to that team. And now Northeastern's had not only two players, but two of the best players that have been on that team. Um, how, how important is that, I guess, for this team? I mean, for many, many years, Northeastern was the underdog behind BC and BU and even Harvard and Boston. And now they're right up there with those schools, not only to the extent of how they're winning games, winning championships and so on, but they're putting players on those, uh, you know, those national teams, those teams that are going out competing internationally just like those other schools. Well, I mean, certainly it helps anytime you have a, a, a program that puts a player on the, you know, U.S. junior team or the U.S. Olympic team. But I think the more important factor is once those players move on, how do you replace them? Are you, are you still reloading as, as far as rebuilding? Uh, I think a case in point will be to keep an eye on UMass now when they have that superstar defenseman in Kali Makar. And uh, by all accounts, uh, with the season he's having and uh, probably with the pressures from the Colorado Avalanche being the number four pick in the entire draft, I mean, once he moves on, we'll watch and see how they replace a player of that caliber. Uh, certainly it helps if you're winning. So, uh, But I, I think that's the modus operandi for all the big programs, whether it's the Michigans or the BUs or the PCs or even the Harvards. You know, just to, you know, they have a tendency to reload. And, uh, you know, even in Merrimack's case, when uh, four or five years ago when they were ruling the loose in Hockey East, it's tough to sustain that, especially when you're going up with the big money schools that have all the resources. 
Uh, we're talking with Jocko Conley, Boston Herald here, and you know, continue, I guess, along those uh, those those lines. Northeastern now has become one of those schools, right? It's just reloading, not just uh, you know, not rebuilding because uh, it wouldn't have been surprising to anybody if this had been a rebuilding year for them. But that has not been the case at all. We talked before through 16 games, they've got the second best record in school history through that number of games. Only one team ever they've been playing hockey here since the 1930s. Only one team's had a better record through 16 games than this team. Yeah, well, I, I think it's just uh, the nature of the sport again. I mean, there's there's players coming from all over the country and all over the world. Last night, I happened to be covering the Codfish Hockey Tournament, which is the Division Two Three, the uh, oldest Division Two Three tournament in the country. In fact, Merrimack has, has won two of those titles in the 54 years. And, uh, you know, one of the stars for UMass Boston last night was a kid named uh, Ethan Rachowiak, who's from Hockey Hotbed, Miami Beach, Florida. So, I mean, the players are coming from everywhere, and I think the depth, that's why you have to keep building the depth and just, you know, you have to find the players wherever they are. All right, before we let you go here, second period coming up, uh, asking to take us down in the locker room, both clubs. Uh, first of all, Scott Bork, what's he telling his team? Well, again, I, I think he's going to just have, has to have them play with a little, a little more compete level, raise, raise it up a little bit, raise the bar. Don't be standing around doing too much puck watching, you know. Take the take the game to them instead of chasing the puck. A couple of times, uh, even between defensemen, the communication was in there. You can see them watching what the other guy's doing instead of finding your spot. So I think you'll see a better job with better cohesiveness in a second. And on the northeastern side, Jim Madigan, what's he saying? Well, again, I think he's just going to say, keep going, keep going. We'll, we'll finally get uh, turn it to our advantage. We're in our home rank. We got our fans to lose scoreboard. And I think they'll have the enthusiasm. I think they'll just naturally raise it up. Have you ever seen a scoreboard this big in a hockey rink? Uh, no, except on television. I think in Dallas Cowboys Stadium, maybe. <laughs> Darko, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Happy New Year. My pleasure. Happy New Year, guys. All right, that's our guest here in the first intermission of the score. At the end of one, it's nothing, nothing, Merrimack and Northeastern. That's Jocko Conley from the Boston Herald. We will be back with more right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.